BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When you think of narcissism, what do you think of? You probably think of things like being arrogant, self-centered, inconsiderate of others, having contempt for other people or looking down on them and thinking yourself better than them. And that's all very normal to think. Do you ever think of being narcissistic as being a virtue or being a good thing? Well, it's pretty hard to, right? Because it doesn't seem like any of those characteristics could possibly align with virtue. And maybe they don't. But a very interesting piece of research has been done by John Harden, an assistant professor of political science at Ripon College. It was published in the Journal of Conflict Resolution. And it's not about narcissism per se. It's about U.S. presidents and to what degree they're narcissists or not. So what he did is he took established psychological assessments of the various presidents using data from presidential historians, trying to balance the ones who were favorable to these presidents against the ones who were unfavorable so as to avoid the bias of party affiliation or something like that. And using those personality characteristics, he then assessed each of the presidents a numerical score based on how they performed on the big five personality facets associated with narcissism. Those five are things like low modesty, high self-importance, seems pretty straightforward, low straightforwardness, which is a narcissist who is willing to bend the truth to get ahead, so their adherence to truth is sort of a, as long as it benefits me, yes, kind of characteristic, low compliance, which is being socially aggressive or insulting in response to interpersonal conflicts, they're not typically trying to play by the rules or play by the same rules as everybody else. High excitement-seeking behavior, thrills, crowds, things that reinforce the ego. And high assertiveness, which is a preference for acting, decisiveness, taking the lead. Particularly because this translates into being able to take credit for things that turn out well. So looking at these five key narcissism characteristics, how did the presidents turn out? Well, first of all, he didn't look at everybody. He looked at U.S. presidents serving between 1897 and 2009. So, no, he didn't assess Trump and he didn't assess Biden which probably makes us more willing to listen to what he's got to say because we're not dealing with the most recent examples. But here's how his list turned out. Every president was given a score. The highest score was a 2.167 to the positive. The lowest score was a negative 1.087. Zero is meant to be average, normal, the same as everybody else in terms of narcissism or not. Negatives are people who tend more towards humility. And positives, like I said, the two, that's somebody who is highly narcissistic. And going from the bottom to the top over that time period, we had William McKinley, William Taft, Calvin Coolidge, Gerald Ford, George H.W. Bush, Dwight Eisenhower, Jimmy Carter, Warren Harding, and Harry Truman, all scoring below a 0.5 on the negative. Barely below zero, but still below zero, were Herbert Hoover and Ronald Reagan. There's nobody right at zero, but going up the scale now, George W. Bush was a 0.3, Woodrow Wilson was a 0.5, John F. Kennedy a 0.6, Bill Clinton a .64, and then you get to the big four, the most narcissistic of all the presidents, according to this scale and this research. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 0.9, Richard Nixon, 1.4, so big jump there, Teddy Roosevelt, 1.5, and the most narcissistic of all the presidents in his study, based on psychological characteristics, 
Lyndon Johnson, 2.16, a whopping 0.6 points above even the next most narcissistic president, Teddy Roosevelt. Now, if those assessments don't match up with your inclinations, remember, he's not looking at what you think of the person or the value of their accomplishments or their niceness or anything like that. It's just on the basis of whether they believe they were better than everybody else, were willing to take risky behaviors in order to reinforce their thrill-seeking, bent the truth when it suited them, and were fond of acting quickly so as to be perceived as decisive. Now, surely some of those characteristics are actually quite favorable for somebody to be president. I think of like the Panama Canal construction, for example. Maybe it takes a Teddy Roosevelt to get that done. And maybe it takes an FDR to win World War II and establish the New Deal. But the big takeaway in the research was how it related to warfare. Narcissistic presidents tend to get into war or more particularly to stay at war longer because unless they can see a way to declare victory, they're unwilling to quit. Whereas non-narcissistic presidents are less inclined to enter warfare and more inclined to end it because they're always looking for peace and they don't care about personal ego in the thing. And his research did seem to indicate a fairly consistent correlation between high narcissism and duration of warfare during a presidency. And of course, as the author points out, you can't help but see the implications for this on display right now with Russian President Vladimir Putin and his war of aggression in Ukraine. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.